Yeah. 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 I gave you fair warning. Beware. Y'all ready? Smack him in the mouth. I gave you fair warning. Beware. Beware. Smack him in the mouth. Yeah. I gave you fair warning. Smack him in the mouth. I don't think they ready, Mike. I gave you fair warning. Beware. They better get ready. Phil Flames, I went Mike on the mic. What's up, the brand new one time for your mind? He gave you fair warning. Now it's time to smack him in the mouth with that raw sports talk from the town. Sweet chin music to your favorite sportscaster. Mike on the mic with sports talk that matters. Reppin' for the West, see the palms in the logo. Mike on the mic, sports pod, let's go. I gave you fair warning, beware. Smack him in the you are listening to episode 14 of the Mike on the Mike Sports Podcast. That is right. I am Mike, and I am on the mic of the most electrifying sports podcast in the game today. What is up, everyone? Mike here once again, and I am super excited because this episode is going to be one of my favorites ever. I said it. One of my favorites ever to be recorded to talk about because we are at midseason, which means I could talk about my midseason power rankings as I have promised for eight weeks now. Uh, just basically, I did the power rankings at the beginning of uh, the Mike on the Mike Sports podcast. Basically, on the first couple episodes of the show, I gave out my power rankings and how I felt the NFL season was going to shake out. Now, we're halfway through the season. Some of the pictures clear. I'm going to go over my power rankings at week eight, midseason, and see how well I did from the beginning of the season, see what teams moved up, see what teams moved back, which teams I was right about, which teams I was wrong about. With that being said, just a fair warning. It's kind of the catchphrase of the show, but just a fair warning. Get your popcorn. If you're on a long drive to work in the morning, whatever you might be doing, I got you because this is going to be a long episode. (laughs) I'm going to talk about every single team in the NFL today and where I have them in the power ranks. On top of that, I'm going to give my NFL mid-season awards. And then to close it out, I'm not going to leave you hanging. I'm going to do a speed round this week of the NFL picks. Just going to do it really quick. Who I think is going to win, why, like a sentence or two sentences if I can sum it up in that short of time, because this is going to be a lengthy, hefty episode because of the power rankings. But I will not leave you hanging on those power rankings. So let's get straight into it. If you love football as much as I do, this is going to be the episode for you. Let's go. Let's get into these power rankings. I'm going to open the show up hot and heavy. Here we go. I'm like a kid at a candy shop, man. I love talking about football. It's one of my favorite topics to talk about. It is the sport that I am most passionate about, without a doubt. And I played football for, what, eight years? Let's see, four years in high school um, and three and a half seasons after high school. So, yeah, close to eight seasons of football. And it was a great time. It was a great time, and I love football to death, and I love the NFL and all the players in it and what they do and what they're doing. So just episodes like this or getting to talk about power rankings where I get to talk about every single NFL team. I love it. Uh, Last time I did this, I did do a speed round where we did 30 seconds per team. That's not going to be on the table this time. I want to talk about each team. I want to talk about your team, um, even if it's brief. So I'm going to talk about each team, where I had them power ranked now versus where I had them last time we did this eight weeks ago and how they're doing this season and if it's been a surprise or if it's what I predicted or, or what it might be. And you guys can criticize me for my picks. I love going back and forth with people. When I did the power rankings the first time, I did go back and forth. I just recently was looking at those when I was making this. So I responded to some comments and said, okay, I was wrong about these guys. You were right about these guys or vice versa. I was right, I think, about this team. And you had the wrong side of the story on this team. So definitely hang out on the Instagram page at Mike on the Mike Pod or go to TikTok. I make controversial TikToks every day. Uh, if you follow me on TikTok, if you're coming from TikTok, you already know that. So <laughs> I love debating and talking in the comments with you guys. So definitely go ahead over to the social media platforms and roast me for my picks or praise me for my picks is, is more what I would prefer. <laughs> All right, let's go. Number 31. Start off with a nice shocker, the New York Jets. Nothing is going right for the Jets. 
and you're at a point now where it's like you're looking at them, and I never like to do this. I've always been a big believer in never saying a team's going to go 0-16. But looking at the Jets right now and seeing where they're at, the only bright spot they really have on the entire team right now is Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, maybe Denzel Mims, Quentin Williams, like these rookies, I don't really count them as bright spots quite yet just because they're so early in their career on an 0-8 team. But Sam Darnold is still playing hard, I guess you could say. And I don't think Sam Darnold can do anything. I don't think any quarterback can do anything about the New York Jets. Unless you have like Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, these like elite top-notch quarterbacks, which if you're the Jets, you wouldn't have them because you suck at finding players and finding coaches and finding everything to go around building an NFL team so far. But yeah, these guys are in trouble. You look at their schedule, it's hard to find a spot where they're going to win a game this season. Moving on, number 31, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars were a little bit surprising early. They won one game, I think, in the first week or second week of the season that no one expected them to win, and then they started to stink again. That loss to the Chargers a couple weeks ago kind of solidified the Jaguars in this spot for me just because that was like a battle of which team is going to be number 31 and which team is going to be number 25 or 24 or 23 in that range. Um, that win or loss between those two teams, two teams that are struggling, you know what I mean? And and ranking these bottom teams is kind of hard because you're trying to find out who is better through finding out who is worse. So it's kind of unique. It's kind of interesting. The Jaguars just aren't there. They traded out the entire team. Uh, in the offseason or let everyone go in free agency. Leonard Fournette's gone now as well since then. And I, in the last rankings, uh, Leonard Fournette was there. And I'm just going to go over these bottom teams kind of quickly because not too much movement's happened between the bottom teams. And then once we get into the top 20, I'll start talking about where they were last season or last rankings and where they have moved up or down to at this point. Moving on, number 30, we got the New York Giants. They got a lot of good young talent. They just still quite aren't there. Danny Dimes is starting to look like he's kind of a bust. I don't know what they're going to do. They may move on from him this offseason. It's just hard to move on from him so early. You know what I mean? And he's an extremely young quarterback that you drafted really high. It's hard to go ahead and say, all right, we're throwing in the towel on this guy uh, so early. So we'll see what the Giants do with that. They definitely have an opportunity probably to draft a quarterback if they would like to. Moving on at 29, we got the Cincinnati Bengals. I love Joe Burrow. I love Joe Mixon. That offensive line is atrocious. Um, the receiving core is playing up to a higher level than we may have expected them to. I know you say, you know, they got A.J. Green, they got Tyler Boyd. I expected A.J. Green to kind of start step, taking steps back as he ages throughout his career. Uh, Tyler Boyd is playing very well. I, I believe he's top 10 in receiving again this year right now as we speak. Uh, hopefully he continues down that path. Uh, Joe Burrow is just under fire all the time. Joe Burrow has been extremely impressive in his first couple games of his career. I know he only has, what, two wins, but that's just the Bengals. You know, their defense is horrible. Their offensive line is horrible. Uh, once they get those two things together, which I think they will in the next couple off seasons, the Bengals will be competitive. I think the Bengals will be pretty good because I think Joe Burrow is going in a direction where you may have found yourself a franchise quarterback that's better than Andy Dalton. So definitely an upgrade from Andy Dalton in the long run. At 28, I have Washington. I was a little bit wrong about Washington. I believe I ranked them inside the top 25 last time. Um, a lot of people were upset at me. And it's still there to a point. You know what I mean? I, I said that Washington has a lot of good young talent, especially on that defense, and I still believe they do. I still think Ron Rivera is go has a plan and is going to get this thing turned around. Uh, Washington football team uh, may not have a name, but they do have a bright future to look forward to. They just got to find a quarterback. I don't think they have a quarterback on the roster right now that's the future or the answer to this question. So maybe they draft one. Maybe they find someone in free agency. Someone that I would like to see go to Washington is Dak. I think him and Ron Rivera will go very well together. And I think that him and Ron Rivera would turn this Washington football team around. Um, with Terry McLaurin in the receiving core, you probably want to find another running back. Uh, as far as the defense, your defense is, is very good. Uh, I would say very good. Just got to find a quarterback, a running back, and maybe a few more offensive linemen. And Washington's going to be competitive. They've been competitive in a couple of games, and that's kind of what I was predicting at the beginning of the season. I didn't think they were going to be the best team. I didn't think they were going to go uh, even eight and eight or seven and nine. I still think six and ten or five and eleven or, or even four and twelve is fair for the Washington football team. It's just back when the season started. I looked at the roster. They had guys. They had some other guys there that aren't there anymore. 
Um, and I said, hey, this team is actually kind of young and has a bright future. Maybe they're going to sneak some games out this year. And they have snuck some games out this year. Moving on, 27, Houston Texans. This is a huge fall from the sky. I believe I had them inside my top 10 last time I did the power rankings. And, man, it sucks for the Texans because it seems like Bill O'Brien just destroyed the team's uh, cap situation, destroyed the team's roster, and then took the dip out. Uh, I don't know. It's something, I haven't seen something like this since Pete Carroll left USC all those years ago. Just kind of screwed over the team. The team is strapped right now. That's why you saw them trying to even move more pieces during the trade deadline. I, I don't think they succeeded. They didn't succeed in getting rid of Will Fuller or anything like that. But all these bad contracts are going to plague the team for a couple seasons to come. Uh, it sucks for Deshaun Watson. He's still playing at a high level. Uh, I, I kind of just haven't noticed him just because the Texans have been so bad as a team. But he has been playing very well, especially in this last game, this last weekend. The Texans can still go on a win streak. I still believe this team could turn things around a little bit, get closer to 500. But overall, they're going to finish the season in the lower part of the league. Um, and I, I don't see any hope for them making the playoffs this year. Uh, hopefully they can stay healthy. Hopefully Deshaun Watts can stay healthy and, and they can get ready for next season and try and fill some of those holes that Bill O'Brien created for them. Moving on at 26, we have the Dallas Cowboys. Now before you go and roast me because the Texans, I think, are a better team than the Cowboys. I had the Cowboys at 26 because they have a chance to win their division still and it will be really awkward if I rank the Cowboys at 30 and they win their division. <laughs> it will be very awkward. So just because they're in competition for that division and they could still win that division, I have them at uh, 26. And with Andy Dalton, I think that they're better than the Texans just slightly. Uh, with Andy Dalton. Not that I think Andy Dalton's better than Deshaun Watson, just I think that the team overall can make it happen a little better with Andy Dalton at quarterback. The Cowboys have been struggling all year with injuries, and, and losing Dak was the first domino to fall in a, in a bunch of dominoes, and that, that division is just horrible as a whole. <laughs> so it's good for the Cowboys. They're still in the playoff race along with all the other teams in that division, but overall, they still stink. <laughs> you know, they're still bad, super disappointing. Mike McCarthy's doing a horrible job down there. At 25, probably one of the most satisfying picks I've had all year, the New England Patriots. I had them at 21 last time we did the power rankings. I remember that because I remember saying that I have my least favorite team at my favorite number. Uh, <laughs> and the Patriots are falling, just as I predicted at the beginning of the season. This is one of the biggest things I got right all offseason because I was hammering it. You know what I mean? I was yelling into this microphone that the Patriots are going to have a huge step back just because the roster got depleted. And I said it a million times. I'm not going to go over it again and all the guys that they lost in the offseason. But I was right. So let's go back to any episode that I've ever made, and i am probably talked about this in some way, shape, or form. Even Bill Belichick cannot perform miracles. He cannot get 22 guys to perform at a higher level than the guys across from them when they, they aren't as good as them. It's just that simple. The players just aren't as good as the players that they're playing against. And I think the Patriots get a few more wins. I think they're suffering from Cam Newton feeling the effects of getting COVID and his injury uh, to his shoulder starting to kind of show a little more that, that it, he lost some arm strength in that shoulder. He lost some accuracy in that shoulder. You're starting to see it. Um, but I think they still can get a few more wins. I still think they can go 6-10 and 10 or 7-9. and nine. I predicted 8-8 eight and eight once they signed Cam Newton. Before Cam Newton, I was predicting 4-12 and 12 or 5-11. and 11. So I think anywhere in between uh, 5 and 7 wins is fair for the Patriots, but definitely not in the playoff race as most people thought. And most people really roasted me for putting the Patriots outside the top 20 in my power rankings at the beginning of the season. If that was you... I expect to hear from you. <laughs> That's all. Uh, moving on. At 24, I got the Minnesota Vikings. I got the Minnesota Vikings here, and the team I'm about to say after them is very similar to the Vikings because I don't feel like the Vikings are that bad of team still. Like, I feel like they're a way better team than their record suggests, especially when Dalvin Cook is out there. They just dominated the Green Bay Packers. I know that score was close, but that was some garbage time scoring. They won that game by two touchdowns. Very impressive by the Vikings. Their offense, I think, is still very good as long as Kirk Cousins doesn't turn the ball over too much. Defense is still decent. It's not amazing. It's not good. It's just decent. Um, they could add a few more pieces this offseason. In the NFC, who knows what could happen. I think the Vikings might be out of the playoff picture because they dug a hole so deep for themselves. But overall, if you look at their, their future and stuff, they have some young guys. Justin Jefferson's pretty good. Dalvin Cook is really good. Um, they could use some offensive line help, and they could still use some defensive help in the offseason, in the draft. 
uh, and maybe tr- make some trades. I don't know what it's going to be for the Vikings, but I can see this team bouncing back next year. I can see this team completely turning it around next year. Moving on, a team with a similar story to me, and before you jump on me and say it's my favorite team, I got the Chargers at 23. Now, I know. Everyone's going to say, you're a Chargers fan. This is why you have them rated so high. I really, truly think that the Chargers are like a 5-2 and, and two team or a 4-3 and three team. If you look at the numbers that we put up each game, if you look at the offensive production, if you look how the defense is played in the first half, you would sit there and say, this team has probably won every game. But that's not what happened. We have blown every game, and the Chargers are literally, literally one score away per game from being undefeated right now. Absolutely ridiculous. It's tough to be a Chargers fan. Um, but like I said with the Vikings, I feel like the Chargers are a much better team than their record suggests. I feel like every team they play, they're going to compete with in the entire NFL, including the Chiefs, because they already did that. So I'm just saying that the Chargers are way better than the record suggests. I'm going to be respectful to those teams who have better records and rate them higher, including the team that's after the Chargers who just beat the Chargers this last week, even though it was by one point, even though it was by a completely blown game by the coaching staff and defense. Still going to give them their props. Still going to give them their spot. And At 22, I have the Denver Broncos. Um, as much as it pains me to put the Broncos one slot above the Chargers, when I did the first rankings, I believe I had the Chargers one slot ahead of the Broncos. So here we are. Um, the Broncos were kind of a dark horse team for me. I thought maybe they could sneak into the wild card picture, but then all the injuries happened and it kind of bumped them back. And now they're back kind of in the wild card picture again at 3-4, and four, but I still don't think they quite have enough to make a run at it. They're going to win some good games uh, against teams that are at their level. I think they're the better of the bad teams in the NFL, along with the Chargers and the Vikings. But overall, I still think that they're going to fall to below 500 and outside the playoff picture. Uh, I like the Chargers and the Broncos' futures. they got bright young teams. Just got to get it together and get that winning mindset within the organization. That's a problem that a lot of these bottom-half teams have, getting that winning culture within the organization. And it starts with the coaching staff and the general manager. So we'll see what happens in Denver and in Los Angeles for Vic Vangio and Anthony Lynn as they're both kind of like borderline hot seat but not quite on the hot seat yet i think anthony lynch should be on the hot seat but vic vangio we'll see how the rest of the season plays out with all the injuries it's hard to tell if it's him or if it's the injuries that are plaguing this team this would be a completely different team if they just had two players if they had Cortland sutton and if they had von miller they might actually be a very competitive team a five and three or a six and two team i'm just saying that i think that is a big difference for them Losing those two guys is a big receiver in offense. Drew Locke's number one target. Now Drew Locke's throwing to a bunch of rookies. And your best defensive player, your captain on defense, and, and the guy that's basically been the heart and soul of your franchise for the last, what, 10 years. So that that those two losses are huge for this team. And I don't think Vaughn is traveling with the team or anything, or Cortland. So even just having that morale boost of them being there and helping lead still, I don't think it's there just because of the whole COVID situation. They want is the little amount of players around the team as possible if they're not playing in the games. Moving on, it's our first time, first uh, where I'm tracking where I had them last season at 21 uh, and, and the rest of the top 20. The Detroit Lions, who are 3-4, and four, they moved up four slots up to 21 in the power rankings from last time I did the power rankings at the beginning of the season. Detroit's doing the same old things. Flash is a great football, but overall just not good enough to compete in the NFC. I know you're probably thinking that you haven't heard Atlanta's name yet, and Atlanta is 2-6, and six, and Atlanta lost to the Lions a couple weeks ago. But I got them below Atlanta just because I feel like Atlanta really gifted the Lions that one. The Falcons were the better team in that game, and they just blew it, really, <laughs> as the Falcons do on a regular occasion. Um, if, if Todd Gurley holds on to that ball, the Lions have one more loss, and you know, you're looking at them having only two wins versus three wins. Uh, so they're one of those teams where it's just like they have three wins. They're technically in the wild card race, but really they're just not as good as their record suggests, kind of like the Bears. Um, I feel good saying they're going to finish the season 7-9 or 6-10, and 10, maybe even 5-11. and 5-11 would be a little shocking. That means they would really have a bad end to the season. I would say 7-9 is a fair prediction for this Detroit Lions team. Moving on, you have the Carolina Panthers at number 20, which is up 11 spots from my last prediction. I was wrong about the Panthers, and this is me kind of admitting it. Um, I had them at 30 at the beginning of the season. I just thought that they were going to be the worst team in that division, and I still think they are the worst overall team in that division. I just think that they're 
better compared to other teams in the NFC. It's just a really tough division to play in right now. The Panthers are a perfect example of a team that is on its way, in my opinion. Teddy has been very impressive, like has done probably double the amount that I thought he was going to do. I think one more offseason will help the Panthers take the leap as the old heads in that division start to think about retirement, like Tom Brady, Andrew Brees, and, and these older guys that are that are kind of in charge of that division right now. They're going to start to retire. We'll see if the Falcons move on from Matt Ryan, or if they're going to continue going on with this Matt Ryan, Julio Jones thing. We'll see what they do there in the offseason. So at the deadline, they didn't trade them. So maybe they're planning on keeping them throughout the rest of their careers. We will see. But I think once that division flips and you see Drew Brees and you see Tom Brady come out of that division, you're going to see the Panthers kind of shoot to the top or shoot close to the competition for the first spot in that division. Speaking of Atlanta Falcons at 19, I have the Atlanta Falcons. I know they're 2-6, and six, but they moved up two spots since my last ranking. I had them at 20, so I feel like I got the Falcons pretty pretty correct. Uh, you know, Moving anywhere from five spots and lower, I feel like I got it correct, unless, of course, it's five spots from 6-1. to one. You know, That's a big difference, but five spots from 15 to 20, I mean, that's pretty tight. It's pretty close. The Falcons are a way better team than their 2-6 and six record suggests. That's why I have them here. Um, it showed on Thursday night just what they can do against the Panthers. They were flying around, making uh, big plays, and playing great Falcons football. And that's what you could see when you have Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, and all these guys out there together. And the defense was flying around, playing very well as well uh, in that game against Carolina. Looks like Matt Ryan and Julio will be staying in town. So I look to see the Falcons pick up a few more games throughout the season. They're probably going to blow a few more games also. These guys aren't rookies. They're just trying to shake this curse right now. So once they get this curse off their back, uh, this this problem that's been plaguing them with the whole blowing leads, kind of similar to what the Chargers have, the Falcons are going to win some games. Even against the good teams, they're going to compete. At 18, I have the San Francisco 49ers, and this is one of the teams that I was kind of right about. This is I have them sliding down nine spots uh, from eight, but that's a, that's a lot due to the injuries, right? If they were healthy, they'd be a little bit higher in this ranking. It's unfortunate with all the injuries that the 49ers have faced this season and had Jimmy G and killed not gone down this week I'd probably have them up around 16 15 still but now with those guys likely done for an extended period of time I'm looking at the Niners possibly going on a little bit of a losing streak a little, a little bit of a slide it'll be good for them as far as their draft capital as draft capital is going to be very important in making this decision on Jimmy G because Jimmy G's had a really bad year when he's been in there I know he's been uh, injured and banged up I don't know what the 49ers are going to do. There was rumors they were thinking about go ahead and going for Tom Brady in the last offseason. So we'll see what happens in this offseason. Um, Jimmy G is, in my opinion, I think he's just an average quarterback in the NFL. I don't think he's going to ever break out and become this elite quarterback that we all thought he was going to be when the 49ers originally got him. And that should be their goal for us of 2021 is just kind of see what, what your offense is with other quarterbacks and analyze Jimmy G's tape and talk to Jimmy G and just see where he's at and figure out if he's your quarterback in 2021 or if you guys are looking for someone in the offseason. That's the answer they need to find out. That's their goals for the rest of the season because with the, all the injuries, I don't think you're going to be able to make a press for the wild card. I know you're 4-4 four and four and they're in the picture right now, but as we keep going into the season, teams like the Buccaneers and Saints, they're going to take up a wild card between one of those two teams. Uh, teams, teams like... Uh, the Seattle Seahawks and the and the Los Angeles Rams. They're going to take up a wild card. So, I mean, you're just seeing the opportunities close for the 49ers to possibly get into the wild card. The Bears is another one. Moving on at number 17, I have the Philadelphia Eagles at 3-4-1. and one. Uh, They've moved back six spots. I had them at 10 originally. This is another team that injuries have clearly hurt them. Now, while I was right about them leading in the NFC East, I did not have it drawn up in this fashion. Bravo to Wentz for his pure toughness to get through the injuries that this team has, has suffered and still drag them to a couple wins, still drag them to the lead in this division somehow throughout all of this. They don't have the division locked by any means, but it's looking like we will see the Eagles in the playoffs as bad as they are no matter what their record is. Maybe they can compete if they can get a little bit healthier, but really they're looking like maybe they're a first-round buy for a playoff team. Wentz has struggled at times. Wentz is struggling Throughout the season, for the most part. I mean, I, I say at times because I've seen some bright spots. I've seen some old Carson Wentz-style plays that he's made. It's just overall, the, the full picture, he's playing bad. It's that simple. Uh, even with a destroyed O-line, no receivers in his receiving core because of injuries, uh, Miles Sanders in and out of games, I still think Wentz needs to perform better. Uh, uh, you got to hold the highest quarterbacks to the highest standards, 
and that's my opinion on Wentz. Just don't turn the ball over as much. Maybe you're not going to run up the touchdowns like you're used to, or you're not going to run up the yard count like you're used to just because of how injured you are. you got to play defensive football. you got to play field position football. At least don't turn the ball over as much as he has. I believe he leads the NFL in interceptions, or he's in the top three. So that that's kind of my review of the Eagles. I think they're going to win that division still just because as they get healthier and healthier, you start to see them play a little better and a little better. And I think they're still going to win that division. They're just going to be around 500 when they do it. And it sucks that a 500 team, uh, you know, a 7 and 8 uh, and 1 team might make the playoffs or an 8, 7 and 1 team, something like that for the Eagles this year. At 17, I had them at 10 last time just because I thought they were going to be as good as they were last year. But with all the injuries, it's it's tough. It's tough. Moving on at 16, I have the Chicago Bears at 5-3. and three. They moved up 12 slots. I had them ranked at 27, but don't get too excited because I wanted to rank them at 27 again. I just I sincerely couldn't do it. Um, I think the Bears have benefited from some favorable bounces and some good defensive play. As most predicted, that won't last for very long in the NFL. And sure enough, here you go. They've begun to slide. You're starting to see them drop some games now. And like the Browns, who I'm about to talk about here in a little bit, I would not be surprised to see the Bears fall all the way back and out of the playoffs, which is crazy, I know to say, because the competition in the NFC at that wild card spot isn't super crazy. The 5-3 and three record that the Bears have right now would get in. But the Bears may end up below 500. And, and hear me out. I know you're saying, wow, that's crazy that they're going to lose that many games in the second half of the season. I really could see them flipping this and going three and five to finish the season, which would be uh, putting them at 500. So we'll see what happens. But uh, I don't think the Bears are as good as their record suggests. And I wish I could rank them lower, but I just can't because I can't ignore that they're five and three and put them outside the top 20 and say they suck with if they're winning games. But <laughs> I think they're going to start sliding. If I'm predicting it, I would say the Bears uh, fall closer to 500, maybe nine and seven, maybe nine and seven, and they squeak in to that final wild card spot. Moving on, we have the Los Angeles Rams at 15. Very confusing team the Rams have been so far this season. They moved up 11 slots from my ranking at 26. I was very harsh on the Rams when I was doing the power rankings, and I regret it. I was wrong about this team. I really believe that they were going to fall apart this year. With all the people that left in free agency, with the, how young the team had just became, um, with Sean McVay as a confident coach, he's going to not really change his play calling too much to adjust to the youngsters that they have to play with this year. I really believe they were going to fall apart. But they've done a good job at staying competitive despite the roster losses, right, since the Super Bowl run that they went on a couple of years ago. And I think they'll stay in this wild card race behind that solid defense. That Dolphins loss was really bad, though. I just want to point that out. And if that's signs of things to come, it's not going to be a good second half for the Rams. But they're going to drop some games, I think, just because uh, they are a younger team. And some tough games they may lose. And I, I think the Rams finish around 500, just like the Bears. And they're going to be competing for those last couple wild card spots with the Bears and, and teams like the Bears and 49ers and such that's that's kind of what we're at in the range here is these wild card teams i don't think the rams are going to make a press for this division the seahawks are just too good even though the rams are only a, a game and a half out the seahawks are just too good <laughs> they're just too good they're going to finish 14 and 2 or 13 and 3 around there kind of how i had them predicted to finish but anyways yeah the rams i had them at 15 not going to disrespect them again i put them at 26 last time that was that was a bonehead move i don't know what i was thinking people should have roasted me for that one i don't think anyone said anything about the rams being ranked so low last time just because they have a good defense still that defense is still very good with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey at 14 I actually have the Miami Dolphins the team that just upset the Rams this last weekend they're four and three I had them going up 11 slots from where they were at 25 before so hey at least I had these two teams together just way at the back of the pack not at the midway through the pack like they are now Look, I think we all recognize what a great offseason the Finns had, but didn't realize it was going to be this much of a jump. I am extremely impressed, especially with Brian Flores and what he has done with this team since taking over. I just really hope they didn't uh, pull Fitzmagic a little bit too early because they can hang in this wildcard picture, and I hope Tua can keep them in that spot as this team is extremely hot right now, especially this defense. This defense is rolling. Right now, one of the better defenses in the NFL, in my opinion. It's going to be one of the better defenses for the years to come. At 13, I have the Cleveland Browns, who are 5-3. and three. They're up, three, or up five slots from their previous ranking at the beginning of the season. I had them at 18 before. Here we are at 13. 
I bet those Dog Pound fans are getting their pitchforks ready, getting their torches ready as I speak. Yes, the Browns beat the Colts earlier in the season. And yes, the Browns have a better record than the Raiders. But have you ever seen a team be so inconsistent before? And that's what the Browns are. Uh, just imagine being on a roller coaster, right? At the top of the dips, you feel like you're about to fly out your seat. You feel excited, you scream, you laugh, you're having a great time. It's thrilling, it's fun. Then at the bottom of the dip, gravity presses you back down in your seat. It kind of hurts a little bit. You feel your whole body being pushed down. You're being held back, and it's not as fun. You can't scream just because the gravity is just shoving everything down. This is the ups and downs of the Browns, okay? It's like a roller coaster ride. With all the injuries, I think they're gonna, you're going to start to see them drop some games. And it sucks for the Browns because they seem like they had a promising year going. But I can see them dropping some games uh, like that Raiders game and head back towards getting closer to 500 record. Maybe finish 9-7. and seven. They're going to be in that wild card picture. We'll see if they can sneak their way into the playoffs. Getting Chubb back will help a lot, I will say that. At 12, we got the Las Vegas Raiders, and I'll just say it right here, right now, okay? They moved up 16 slots. I had them ranked at 28 to start the season. I'm going to ask you a question because I know every single person has been in this situation before. Have you ever been dead wrong about something and you just fight it tooth and nail? You don't want to admit you're wrong. Instead of fighting it and being stubborn, I think it's best to just take your loss Admit that you were wrong about it, especially if you're predicting something about sports. I've gotten a lot of predictions right this season. More than most, and more than I would even expect. I was right about the Cardinals. I was right about the Patriots, the Bills, the Dolphins, Seahawks, Steelers, and many more. I'll say it once on the air. I'll say it once on the record. I was dead wrong about the Las Vegas Raiders. There you go, Joe. Go ahead and clip it up. The Raiders have been very impressive this year. A little inconsistent like the Browns. But I think the Raiders are overall uh, have a lot to look forward to in this offense. We'll see if Derek Carr is in the long-term plans for them. I think he is. He's playing at a very high level this season. He's kind of gone back to playing at a very high level overall this year. The Raiders have bounced back and forth between winning and losing, being good and being bad. But overall, they've surprised me. And overall, I think that they're better than the Cleveland Browns. I think that they're better than any of the teams that I ranked below this point. So I was wrong about the Raiders. There you go, Joe. Have, have, have fun with that one. Moving on to number 11, I have the Indianapolis Colts. They're 5-2. I have them moving up seven slots from 19 to 11 uh, from the beginning of the season rankings. This is another team that is pretty constant about uh, across the board uh, besides one important player. And that player is Phillip Rivers. The win-loss is kind of riding on Phillip Rivers' back. The O-line is consistently going to be good. The defense is consistently going to be good. One of the most complete teams in the league right now. But I had them at 11 just because Phillip Rivers has some classic dog-gummit throws. You know, like he would say, dog-gummit, you know what I mean? Just some classic bad throws that Phillip Rivers does all throughout his entire career. And I've been watching it since. Literally the first day. <laughs> and, and this has cost them maybe an undefeated record. Uh, Phil Rivers' turnover was. Uh, look out. No one wants to see these guys in the wild card. Just because if Phil doesn't turn the ball over, they can upset a division winner if they aren't division winners themselves. They can upset a team. Once they get into this wild card spot and they're playing against one of those teams, if Phil Rivers plays a clean game in the playoffs, I could see them knocking out one of the contenders in the first round. Really could. The Colts, the Colts are a very good team this year. I expect them to be pretty complete. But I didn't know they were going to take this kind of leap from, you know, I thought they were going to be a wild card competitor. They're definitely a division competitor competing with the Titans for that division this year. Moving on to number 10, I have the Buffalo Bills, who are up three spots from where I predicted them to be. I had them at 13 to start the season. There is a common in all of these 9, 10, 11-ish ranked teams. The Bills have shown moments where they look unstoppable and moments where they look plain out bad, awful. And this is 100% the difference between weeks 1 through 4 Josh Allen and weeks 4 through 8 Josh Allen. Two completely different quarterbacks. Until he becomes consistent, they'll remain on the bubble, the top 10 in my ranks. I will say the defense has been solid. The defense has been as, as good as the Bills defense usually is. And that Diggs move was awesome. What a move by the general manager of the Bills to go and get Stephon Diggs and pair him with Josh Allen. It's a perfect fit as I predicted it to be. That's something I was right about in the beginning of the season. But Josh Allen has to figure it out. Because they're a completely different team. When he's going off, they dominate. When he's struggling, 
they're going to drop a game in the playoffs. They're not going to be able to get through the first round or second round of the playoffs. So we'll see what happens to the Bills. I had them up three spots. I was right about them being the new AFC East champs. I think that they're still going to win the AFC East. The Dolphins are actually the closest to being in the competition with them for the AFC East. Patriots have fallen all the way out back. They're only two games better than the Jets right now in this division, and the Jets haven't won a game yet. So that, that says that. At number nine, I have the Tennessee Titans. Moving up five spots from the 14th slot I had them at, I don't feel like I, I got the Titans too wrong in my beginning of the season assessment. I was a little bit disrespectful because I didn't think they were going to be this good. I thought they were going to be closer to 500, maybe uh, 4 and 3. But for the most part, I, I was right about them. When they get that ground game going, as I've been saying, Tannehill has proven he could tear opponents apart with that play action. The Titans, win or loss, is on the back of one player, just like the Bills and the Colts with Rivers and Allen. But in this situation, that one player is Derrick Henry, King Henry. The Titans will win every game that Henry is effective on the ground. He does not need to go for 200 yards. He just needs to be effective. Because, look, if they can get him to average 4.5 yards of carry or 5 yards of carry, even if he only has 85, 90 yards in the game and a touchdown, that helps Tannehill in the play action so much. That helps... Tannehill, in, in just the straight up, they have to worry about the draw to Henry. And that really is what rides the win-loss for the Titans. And they've won some really close games. Some games I said, okay, here you go, Titans are losing this one. And they somehow pull out a win. And I thought they were about to do it to the Steelers again a couple weeks ago. That would have been crazy. They weren't able to pull it off. They've dropped a few games in a row now. But I still think that the, the core of this team is a playoff team. I think they can win this division. I think when that, when that run game is going... They will win almost every game they play. But when that run game is not going, they will lose almost every game they play, including against a team as bad as the Bengals. So it's all on the shoulders of King Henry. It's all on the shoulders of that O-line. Come playoff time, you want a complete team. You do not want to be just riding on one part of your game plan, and if it doesn't work out, you lose. That's basically what it is for the Titans. But still have them at 9, just because I still think they're a really good team. Defense is really good, uh, and and. <laughs> don't get me wrong, believing in Derrick Henry is not a bad thing. He's a great running back, probably the best in the, in the NFL or amongst the best in the NFL today. Moving on to number eight, I have the Arizona Cardinals, and I am so happy to say this. Uh, they moved up seven slots. They're at five and two. I have them at eight. They were at 15 last time I did the power rankings, but even putting them at 15 was me saying that this team is going to take a leap this year from what it was last year. And... Sure enough, they are one of the biggest movers in my power rankings, uh, moving up seven slots. The cards were my dark horse to go from bad to really good. And while they have games where it's inconsistent, the offense isn't clicking, overall, when they play good Arizona football, they are very good. And they are really good, as I predicted them to be. That Seattle upset gained them at least two or three spots in these rankings. They might have been outside the top ten. But beating Seattle brings them up to eight above the Titans, Bills, and Colts. That kind of is what uh, leaped them over those teams that are kind of similar to them. And they're a very complete team. They're a sneaky, complete team. They have great players at almost every position on both sides of the ball, leading young players on both sides of the ball that are very good as well. I love the Cardinals this year. I'm not saying they're going to Super Bowl or anything, but I think they definitely are going to the playoffs. And I think this is going to be a fun time to watch them play the remainder of the season, especially if they have some tough games in their schedule. That Seattle game was just so exciting to watch, so much fun to watch. And I predicted that game was going to be so much fun to watch. And I should have made that Mike's game of the week, but I didn't because uh, uh, I believe the Steelers were playing the Titans that week. But that, that was a fun, fun game to watch. Moving on, number seven, we have the New Orleans Saints at five and two. These guys did a, a little bit of a different type of moving in my power rankings. They actually moved down four slots from three to seven. Um, and I firmly believe that getting Michael Thomas back and getting back in a groove with feeding him and Alvin Kamara, the Saints will get it together. They'll get they'll get back to where they were last year, or similar to it. This game versus Tampa Bay this week will say a lot about the Saints team, especially Michael Thomas plays. Well, I think they are going to recover, I can't completely ignore their shortcomings offensively and defensively at times. So I'll have them slide just a little bit down here to seven with optimism to come back up. I think they can definitely come back up and get into the top five, and I definitely think they're still competing for that NFC spot. I really do. And the teams from here to one are all Super Bowl contenders, in my opinion. 
with with the Saints and the team that's next, kind of just a little bit outside the picture compared to the other teams. Moving on, we have the Green Bay Packers at number six, five and two record. I had them staying the same. I had them ranked at number six when the when the season started. So very interesting to see that I kind of got this one dead on, keeping them at six now. Packers are solely reliant on the play of Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. The league is just too competitive for it to just be those two. And, and as Aaron Jones gets back, I look to see the Packers offense get back on track. But come playoff t- time, they got to find more from somewhere from someone. Whether it's stepping up from people that are already on the roster or maybe signing a guy like Josh Gordon. Just throwing it out there into the universe. Signing another receiver or signing someone else to help. Uh, Antonio Brown would have been a good uh, addition to this offense, I think, if they could have just went after him. Um, I wanted them to trade for a receiver. They didn't make that happen. So here we are. Uh, the Packers are back to where they've been the last, what, three seasons, where if Aaron Rodgers can't carry this team all the way to the Super Bowl by himself, then they're screwed. And that's basically what it is. And they just they aren't getting better. They're a good team. Don't get me wrong. The Green Bay Packers are a great team. But you need to take the leap from great to Super Bowl. And you got to do something to do that. You can't just keep coming back with the same team, drafting backup quarterbacks in the first round isn't going to do it, and it's starting to show. And it really showed against the Vikings. They really couldn't get it going on offense. The Vikings did a great job defensively, game planning for the Packers. They always play them tough. I still think the Packers finish with 11, 12, 13 wins. But don't get me wrong. But come playoff time when you got to play the best teams in the NFL back-to-back-to-back weeks to get to the Super Bowl, because I don't know if they're going to get the one seed, then that's when you're going to see the problems arise. And the problems that you're seeing now are going to be magnified times 10. For the Green Bay Packers. So they got to find some more weapons from somewhere. The Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers combination is similar to the one in New Orleans where they just it's just not enough to get you to the Super Bowl. It's enough to give you a great regular season, maybe a playoff win. But to go to the Super Bowl, you got to make moves. You got to become the best team in the NFL. And that's kind of stuff that you've seen the Pittsburgh Steelers doing when they when they acquired an, another linebacker to add to this group. You see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when they add uh, another receiver like Antonio Brown. You see uh, teams like the Seattle Seahawks probably going to get Josh Gordon. You see teams like the Baltimore Ravens going out there and picking up guys at the end of, at the end of the trade deadline. The Chiefs, Le'Veon Bell move. Like, those are the moves that teams are making with the envision of it taking them from being a great regular season team to a Super Bowl team, and you never see the Packers do it. You you really never see the Green Bay Packers make these moves, and, and that's why Aaron Rodgers has one Super Bowl title, and I hope he can get one more. But if he wants to get one more, he might have to head somewhere else to get it because Green Bay is just reluctant to make moves that are Super Bowl winning moves to be settled with just being a good team but not winning it all which doesn't make any sense to me they're so close every season they're this close to being a super bowl winning team i still think they're contenders and if they could get hot at the end of the season they could go all the way but it's all in the back of aaron Rodgers, and i love aaron Rodgers. aaron Rodgers can definitely handle it but it's the nfl you need a complete team to keep going all the way through the playoffs until the super bowl talked about them for a little bit too long moving on to number five I had the Baltimore Ravens. I had them at two last time I did the power rankings, though, so they're sliding back three spots. You're seeing similar tendencies to the last few Ravens teams, and that's why I had them sliding back. Lamar struggles in the big moments. The offense is not able to air it out when they need to air it out. If, if the run game is shut down, they have a hard time getting the ball down the field. And teams are adjusting to this style of offense slowly but surely, and they're catching up to the Ravens a little bit. If they can figure out a way to... Push the ball downfield a little bit more. Cough, cough. Uh, Des Bryant. Cough, cough. Maybe they can get some big plays out of him. And maybe they maybe they can fix this passing game just a little bit. They don't even need that much. They just need enough to where they can hit teams downfield on the play action. That's what they don't have right now. That's what they're struggling with. Whether it's Lamar Jackson's fault or the receiving course fault. Des Bryant is a big play receiver. He can go over people and catch balls. If he's even half of what he was, he's a good addition to this team. And it'll be good to see him out in the field, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks as he gets back into the flow of playing football. The defense is still really good for the Ravens, uh, but the Steelers show that, that you can stop this team and you can get after Lamar Jackson if you commit to it. So for now, it seems the Steelers have their number, and for now, I have the Ravens at number five. Moving on to number four, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at six and two. And I had them ranked at number four to start the season. So they stayed in the same slot. 
pretty good pick here by myself, I will say. A lot of people were roasting me for this one, saying the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are super overrated. And I've said it time and time again since day one that when this team is clicking and healthy, they're as good as any team in the NFL. Still some work to do offensively, consistency-wise, because you see the bright spots. You see the random spots where it's like, okay, they look unstoppable, but then you see other spots where they struggle to get it together as, as, as it's not quite clicking. But I believe in Tom Brady, and I believe in Tampa Bay, and I believe in Bruce Arians and this group of talented guys, talented professional football players, to get better and better as the season goes on as we head into the playoffs. Defense is already in midseason form. The defense is already playing amazing, and they're ready to go. As long as they can stay healthy, they are ready to go for this playoff push. And, man, what a steal Antoine Winfield was. Jeez, dude, that kid is balling out, and he's actually my defensive rookie of the year uh, right now if it ended today. So, man, I like this Buccaneers team. And as I predicted, when they're clicking, they get it going, they're really good. So they're as good as any team in the NFL when they got it going. And when they don't have it clicking, they're still really good. They just aren't quite at the level of some of these better teams. So we'll see how the Buccaneers do in the playoffs. They're the second-ranked NFC team for me right now. So that shows how much I believe in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers heading into the playoffs. The first-ranked NFC team is the team I have ranked at number three. The Seattle Seahawks. They're 6-1, and one, and they've moved up two slots from my previous ranking. I had them at 5 to start of the season, and now they're at 3. And while Seattle has a lot of soul-searching to do to figure things out in that secondary, I expect to see some improvement there as far as Jamal Adams getting back and getting healthy, and that's kind of their only really big weakness that they have. Seattle's offense, on the other hand, is probably the only offense I see keeping up with Kansas City in the playoffs at this point, in a shootout especially. I sincerely think that DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett have crept into the conversation as one of the best uh, receiving duos in the NFL. If Seattle can get it together in the secondary and their defense can and slow teams down at least, hold them to 25 or less, which is not asking for a lot, Seattle's going to win every game. Because Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Chris Carson when he's healthy, but even the other running backs, the offensive line's playing a lot better this year than they have in previous years. The Seahawks are pretty damn near unstoppable on offense, kind of similar to the Chiefs. They just got to get that secondary together. The Chiefs definitely have a better uh, defense than the Seahawks right now. So if we see a Chiefs-Seahawks Super Bowl, it's going to be very exciting um, but as of right now, I think I would say the Chiefs would have the upper hand on the Seahawks just because of their secondary and Patrick Mahomes, what he's going to do to them. But the Seahawks at number three, I told you guys to look out for them, that they were going to be beastly this year, and that they were going to take the leap into the top three, top two, and close to the, to the, first, to the best team in football this year just because of so much young talent all hitting their prime at the same time. I love it. All led by... Russell Wilson, who I would say is leading this MVP race, he is killing it out there this season. Going to break records if he keeps going at this pace. Moving on to number two, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're up seven slots. I had them ranked at number nine to start the season. I expected the Steelers to be good, but god damn, they are really good. Like, really, really good. If they had a great offensive game versus Baltimore, I'd probably have the Steelers at one right now. That's how good they've been. But the offense struggled a little bit, and they've struggled a little bit against good defenses, Titans, Ravens. And I got the Chiefs with a slight edge over Pittsburgh, so I just gave you the spoiler who number one is. Even with the best defense in football, I do not know if they can keep up with the Chiefs. But I will say this. No one expected the Steelers to be this good. Like I expected it to be good. I expected it to be a playoff team, a wild card team maybe. But they went from a struggling team last year with injuries, of course, to maybe the best team in football, definitely in the top five, top three conversation in football. Amazing. I'm very impressed by Mike Tomlin. Very impressed by Big Ben. I'm going to talk about it more in this episode. At number one, I had the Kansas City Chiefs. As I did at the beginning of the season, I still have the Chiefs at number one. And they stayed... Right where I had them, which sucks for me because I hate the Chiefs. I'm a Chargers fan. They're still the most complete team in football, and adding Le'Veon Bell just made them a slight bit better. As long as all those stars are healthy for the Chiefs, the Chiefs are going to keep winning, and I still think they're favorites to get out the AFC as AFC champions, despite the Steelers emerging and despite uh, some other teams trying to come at them like the Ravens. Uh, I just don't think anyone's gotten better than the Chiefs. No one's done anything, any roster moves. No one's improved uh, throughout the offseason that I've seen so far to midseason to be better 
than the Kansas City Chiefs. I know they dropped that random game to the Raiders, but that's a divisional game. That's going to happen. You're not going to go undefeated every year. But the Chiefs are still going to go 14-2, and or they're still going to go 13-3, and or even 12-4 and if the, if the Raiders or the Chargers or the Broncos can sneak out another one on them. But overall, the Chiefs, in my opinion, are the most complete team, and unless they completely blow it, they should be the AFC favorites, even over the Steelers with that great defense. What's a great way to match good defense? Patrick Mahomes. I'll tell you what, one of the best quarterbacks of all time. So there you have it. Power rankings, midseason. We're going to do this again at the end of the season, after the season is over. Going into the playoffs, I'm going to get my playoff power rankings. So I'm just going to include whoever makes the playoffs into the power rankings and see which ones moved up and down and how it goes at the end of the season and how I see it going in the playoffs. But until then... Let's just enjoy the second half of football. Let me know what you think of my power rankings. Head over to the social media pages at Mike on the Mike Pod on Instagram or on any other social media platform. Just search Mike on the Mike Sports Podcast, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, all those. It will come up. My logo is blue and it's a guy with a helmet and it says Mike on the Mike Sports Podcast. <laughs> it's the logo that you see on the cover of this episode. What a lengthy segment, man. And I'm going to go over my uh, midseason NFL awards. And give you guys those, and then we're gonna quickly speed round those NFL pickums, and we're gonna get out of here. Thanks for tuning in to this point. Uh, that was a long segment. Uh, I hope I said good things about your team or the right things about your team, whichever works out for you. Let's move on to these NFL awards. Here we go with the midseason NFL awards. Just going to go over all the awards and who I would award them to at this point in the season. Not going to waste any more time. We're going to get straight into it with most valuable player. And the most valuable player award goes to Russell Wilson. This is pretty self-explanatory. He's on track for over 50 touchdowns passing. The next closest guy is five touchdowns behind him. Russ has put up MVP after MVP style of seasons. He has just dealt with guys like Patrick Mahomes throwing 50 touchdowns or guys like Lamar Jackson setting records and becoming unanimous MVPs in other years. Russell Wilson has been so close his entire career and he finally puts it together and gets the MVP season that he deserves and he has deserved basically his entire career. Next up we have coach of the year. And the Coach of the Year award goes to Coach Mike Tomlin of the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are back. This team is dominant once again thanks to the young core led by Mike Tomlin and Big Ben. I think most expected the Steelers to be back in the hunt again. But to be 7-0? I don't think anyone saw them being this good. Mike Tomlin's longevity as a coach and ability to adapt to his team's strength is so applaudable and he deserves this award more than any coach in the NFL this year. What a great season the Steelers are happening, having. And what a great season by Mike Tomlin as a head coach. For Offensive Player of the Year, you have Patrick Mahomes. If he is an MVP, he has to be Offensive Player of the Year, right? Patrick Mahomes has thrown for 2,315 yards, 21 touchdowns, and the most impressive stat one interception thrown this season. He's thrown the rock 284 times. And out of those 284 times, he has only been picked off one time. That's ridiculous. That, that is just crazy right there. That's some Aaron Rodgers-like stuff. He is so good, and he's continuing to evolve into one of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen play the game. Defensive Player of the Year got a little bit more choppy, but Defensive Player of the Year is going to go to Miles Garrett, Cleveland Browns pass rusher. He has four forced fumbles, nine sacks. Miles Garrett is absolutely wrecking house for the Browns on that side of the ball. I think both Yannick Nagakwe and Aaron Donald could be in this conversation, but four forced fumbles... Recovering two of them kind of separates Miles Garrett from the other two. We'll see how the rest of the season goes. We could see things change a little bit. For, but for midseason, I got Miles Garrett as my defensive player of the year. Comeback player of the year, I have Big Ben Roethlisberger. Welcome back, man. Everyone waits for this guy to fall off the cliff every single season while he silently is throwing another near 4,000 yard and over 30 touchdown season as he does year in and year out when he's healthy. No matter his weapons, no matter his run game, defense being good or defense being bad, the two constants in Pittsburgh that has kept them great for 
you know, almost two decades now is Big Ben Roethlisberger and Mike Tomlin. And seeing them get an award each in 2020 would be extremely fitting, and I would love to see it happen. The Steelers are a great team this year, and what Big Ben and Mike Tomlin have done is very applaudable and awardable. Offensive Rookie of the Year goes to Justin Herbert. Are you surprised? Here we go. In six games, Herbert leads rookies in every passing statistic except for one, and that's yards. And it'd be pretty crazy if he was beating Burrow in yards as well in two less games. That's just kind of hard to do. Yards is a little bit easier to pick up. He is absolutely going off and is having a historic start to his young career. He has had the Chargers in every game he's played in. I think we got extremely lucky on this one, Chargers fans. Justin Herbert, Offensive Rookie of the Year at midseason. I think he's going to win it this year at the end as well as he just continues to play at a high level week in and week out. Defensive Rookie of the Year, I have Antoine Winfield Jr. taking it for the midseason. This one was extremely close and very hard to choose, and you could choose Patrick Queen. You could choose Chase Young. You could choose Jeremy Chin. I may be a little biased going with a DB safety type because I was a DB safety type, but Antoine Winfield Jr. has been so impressive this year. He has 44 total tackles, two sacks. One interception, one fumble. That's kind of what got me. He's doing it all for them. He's doing. He's he's impacting the game in so many different facets, and that's what kind of got it for me. It reminds me of a Derwin James kind of uh, rookie year, and it's a shame he didn't get the rookie of the year that year that he broke out. It looks like they found a steal in the draft in Winfield Jr., and he looks like he's gonna be a great safety for years to come. Finally, to close it out, the final award I will be awarding at midseason is the Most Improved Player of the Year Award. And this one is going to go to, maybe a little bit surprised, Robbie Anderson, wide receiver of the Carolina Panthers. I was going to go for Josh Allen. But as he cools off, he seems to kind of be landing around what he was last year. And the improvement that we're seeing may have just been the results of a really hot start for Josh Allen. Are you shocked by my Robbie Anderson pick, though? Well, with a change of scenery, Robbie has substantially improved. And he has taken his game to the next level. And has been going 100% has been going under the radar all season. Last season, he played 16 games, right? He had 52 receptions, 779 yards. Are you ready for his season stats this year? This season, in eight games, he has 51 receptions, 688 yards. So that means that he is right at where he was in 16 games last year, right now in the middle of the season. Robbie is on track to nearly double his 2019 performance and he has emerged as a legitimate threat for Teddy to get the ball to when he needs to. There you go. That is the awards for midseason. I'm sure there's some you disagree with. So go ahead and let me know in the comment section. I'm going to make graphics for each of these awards and put them up on the Instagram page. So that will be your chance to comment and tell me how much you hate me or love me. Whichever one you like to do. I prefer love, but... I accept the hate as well. Not everyone agrees with me, and I'll always understand your opinion versus my opinion. I will tell you why I feel the way I feel about a certain player in sports, but that's the fun about sports debate is you never know uh, what's going to happen in the future. It's all opinion-based. So for now, this is my mid-season awards. If I had to give the awards out today, we'll see what happens towards the end of the season. In the second half of the season, it's a big part of the season. And pushing towards getting to the playoffs and all of that is going to go into effect in people's minds as far as giving out awards to these players. All right, let's get to those NFL pick'ems real quick, and then we'll close the show out. All right, here we go. NFL pick'ems speed round. Sorry, I gotta I gotta cut this short this week for the NFL pick'ems, and I gotta get through them pretty quickly. I like giving a breakdown of each game, and it helps me decide who's gonna win as well. But, uh, yeah, so I'm just going to give it really quick just because the episode's been very long already due to the power ranks, which isn't a bad thing. It's a good thing. But I try to stay around an hour or less, usually around 45 minutes for my episodes because I know how it can drag a little. And I know that you only have so long in your day to listen to the full show, and I want you to get the full show that I can produce each week. Without further ado, I'm going to get straight into the pickums. I'm going to go very fast, just letting you guys know. Thursday Night Football, we have the Green Bay Packers traveling to San Francisco to play the San Francisco 49ers. 49ers are too beat up to compete with this Green Bay team. Green Bay is going to win this game very easily. Next up, we got the New York Giants traveling to Washington to play the Washington football team. I love this matchup because both these teams have played so hard this season, and you can see it in their games. they played a lot of teams tight. I'm going to take the Giants to travel into Washington and beat them this week in a very narrow victory. Moving on. You got the Chicago Bears traveling 
to Tennessee to play the Tennessee Titans. And here you go. The Bears are going to start to slide. Give me the Titans to beat the Bears in Tennessee. Moving on, I got the Detroit Lions traveling to Minnesota to play the Minnesota Vikings. This will be a fun one. I think it'll be a high-scoring game. Uh, both defense is struggling a little bit. I think the Vikings edge it out. The Vikings were hot uh, after beating the Green Bay Packers last week. Dalvin Cook's going to get going against this Lions defense. Vikings are going to win in Minnesota. Moving on, you got the Carolina Panthers traveling to Kansas City to play the Chiefs. And while the Panthers have been playing way better than I thought this season, even at a 3-5 record, they're in every game. They're playing hard. The Chiefs are just too good, man. The Chiefs are taking this one. I think it'll be an easy win for them. Maybe uh, the Panthers slow them down a little bit. Maybe we see like a 28-14 or, or so, maybe 24-14 win for the Chiefs. Moving on, you got the Houston Texans traveling to Jacksonville to play Jacksonville Jaguars. And despite all the Texans' failures and despite the, the gutted roster Bill O'Brien left them with, they're still better than the Jaguars. So I'm going to take the Texans to beat the Jaguars in Jacksonville. Moving on to the Baltimore Ravens. Traveling to Indianapolis, play Indianapolis Colts. This is going to be a great game. This might be Mike's game of the week. I haven't decided which game yet. Uh, but actually, yeah, I'm deciding it right now. This is Mike's game of the week. Baltimore going to Indianapolis to play the Colts. This is going to be a fun one because the Colts are a sneaky good team. Um, but I've noticed that when Baltimore takes a loss, like they'd lost Kansas City and they lost to, to Pittsburgh this last weekend, after the loss, following the loss, they're very good at recovering and, and having a very good week of practice following a loss and being motivated to dominate on the following week. So I'm going to take Baltimore to beat the Colts in Indianapolis. The fact that it's in Indianapolis makes me want to take the Colts a little bit, but I still think Baltimore is going to come out mad and they're going to come out angry that they lost to Pittsburgh. And following losses, I've noticed that Baltimore goes on a little bit of a win streak and they dominate the games uh, following the loss. Moving on, you got Seattle going to Buffalo to play Buffalo Bills. Another great game this week. Josh Allen's going to need to to find whatever he was in those first four weeks because what he's been since then is not going to beat the Seahawks this week. I'm taking the Seahawks to win. And, and if Allen comes out and balls out, the Bills can definitely be in this game. That's, that's the thing, though. They have to come out and ball out to even be in the game and have a chance to win. I'm taking Seattle to beat Buffalo, even though it is in Buffalo. We'll see what the weather's like there at this time of year. Moving on, we got Denver going to Atlanta to play the Atlanta Falcons. Like I said in the power rankings, the Falcons are way better than the record suggests, in my opinion. And I think the Falcons are going to win this game in Atlanta. I think their offense is very high-powered. Uh, I know that the Broncos just won against the Chargers. have a pretty high-powered offense, but it's not quite the same as the Falcons' offense. The Falcons' offense is a lot better than the Chargers' offense, especially if Ridley's healthy, which as of right now looks like he's going to play, and Julio's going to play, Matt Ryan's going to play, Todd Rowe's going to be there. Unless the Falcons choke again, I think they should be able to beat the, the injury-riddled Denver Broncos. Uh, this weekend moving on you got the Las Vegas Raiders traveling to Los Angeles to play the Chargers the Chargers should beat the Raiders I'm saying it man the Chargers offense is so much better than the Raiders offense and if this is a shootout the Chargers can win it the problem is the Chargers cannot figure it out in the second half I'm gonna take the Chargers to win I don't necessarily believe they're gonna win I just have a gut feeling that they're gonna right after they disappoint us to the very bottom low, the team's going to turn around and get a big win against the Raiders, and it's going to try and uh, give us a little bit of hope in Anthony Lynn, but no, I'm not falling for that crap. Even if the Chargers win this weekend, Anthony Lynn still has to go. It's already too far. He's already given up the lead too many times and played conservative too many times for me. There's no turning back unless the Chargers win out or something absolutely insane like that, which I don't think is going to happen. But I'm going to take the Chargers to upset the Raiders in Los Angeles, even though I know I rated the Raiders really high in the power rankings. I still think the Raiders are a wild card comp competitive team. The Raiders kind of just keep going back and forth, win losses. It's going to be a good game. I think the Chargers can win it. Although I do think Josh Jacobs is going to run all over that Chargers weak run defense. Moving on, you got the Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to Dallas to play Dallas Cowboys. D don't even really talk about this much. The Steelers are better at almost every position than the Cowboys right now. Maybe, maybe a position at running back. The Cowboys are a little better, but because the offensive line is so banged up and struggling this year, I don't even know if they're going to be able to outrush the Steelers. And the Steelers' defense is just going to come in and absolutely destroy whoever is that quarterback <laughs> for the Cowboys this weekend. Give me the Steelers in a route of the Dallas Cowboys. Moving on, you got the Miami Dolphins traveling to Arizona to play the Arizona Cardinals. This is going to be a fun game. The Cardinals have proven they can win these kind of games where the two teams might be a little bit evenly matched. I don't know if the Kyler Murray is ready for this defense, but if Kyler Murray plays at just even a good level, I think the Cardinals are a little bit better of a team right now. They're two 
teams in similar situations where they're on the cusp of breaking out. So this is a hard pick. I'm taking Arizona because they're my team, but I would not be surprised to see the Dolphins win this game and improve to 5-3, and three, which would be very impressive for this Miami Dolphins team. But I'm taking Arizona to win it because they should win it. Moving on, we got the New Orleans Saints going to Tampa on primetime. This will be my game of the week, but it's already the primetime game. I don't make the game of the week the primetime game. New Orleans versus Tampa Bay. A test for both teams. Are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers actually Super Bowl contenders? We find out this week. Are the Saints going to stay in this contention for Super Bowl them damn selves? We're going to find out this week. The winner of this game is probably the second best team in the NFC right now. Uh, with the Packers struggling a little bit, I think that the winner of this game is the best team in the NFC, uh, second best team in the NFC to Seattle for sure this week. We'll see what happens. But I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win at home. The Saints got the first game. I'm going to take Tampa Bay to win the second game. They're kind of hot right now. So I'll take Tom Brady at the level he's playing right now. To close it out, Monday Night Football, New England Patriots traveling to New York to play the Jets. And as bad as the Patriots season has been, they're going to beat the Jets on Monday night. So there you go. There's my NFL picks. Real quick, speed round. I got it done in 7 minutes and 15 seconds. I'm very impressed with myself. Let's get into this outro. The fact that we're 14 episodes in is absolutely amazing. And I appreciate everyone who has supported the show to this point. On um, the last two weeks, we've gained, let me look at it, almost five. No, no, over 5,000 uh, followers combined throughout all the different platforms and it's amazing to see uh, if you're listening to the show right now just take one second to hit follow on whatever podcast platform you're listening on that helps me out a lot to get the show out to you every time i drop a new episode if you're craving more content go to any social media platform except for twitter uh, i should get on twitter huh Every social media platform except for Twitter. Search Mike on the Mike Sports Podcast. You should be able to find me. I got the blue color scheme with uh, the, the helmet and all that in the logo. Palm trees in the logo as the intro would say. Thanks for tuning in to episode 14. Keeping it short and simple for the outro this week because the episode was so long. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the NFL midseason episode. Had a great time talking about the awards. Had a great time talking about the power rankings. And that speed round with the NFL picks was a lot of fun. So just a really good episode. And I had a great time recording and talking about it. I hope you have a great time listening. Thanks for tuning in. I will talk to you guys next week. Mike on the mic is out. I gave you fair warning.